Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, October 24th episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Since December of 2018, we have featured over 130 poets in 15 countries on five continents, and we hope to continue to do that with your support. And you can support us by going to poetsandmuses.com forward slash donate and donate either via PayPal or your preferred credit cards. With us today is Shogo Sholaja, with whom I will be discussing his poem, Fantasy and Ecstasy, and my poem, A Blurring. Before we do that, however, I am going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of July 25th. On Monday, July 25th, from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Kaveh Khanum and the Creative Writing Program at the Schools of Public Engagement will be hosting new works, Our Intimate Making, with Derek Austin, Richard Hamilton, and Carly Ingram, moderated by Christopher J. Greggs. You can find out more information and register at event.newschool.edu forward slash cafe hyphen canum hyphen new hyphen works. Again, that's event.newschool.edu forward slash cafe hyphen canum hyphen new hyphen works. From 8 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Alexa Lash and Kiana Major will be hosting their creatively undistanced open mic. You can find out more information at Major Muse on Instagram. On Tuesday, October 26th, from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Urban Work NYC will be hosting their first draft open mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. It's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org forward slash first draft. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Writer Center will be hosting their curated conversations with Liliana Valenzuela and John Oliveros Espinosa. You can find out more information at writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. Again, that's at writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. From 6 to 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Virginia G. Piper Writing Center, the Pat Tillman Veterans Center, and the Office for Veteran Military Academic Engagement will be hosting their Veterans Writing Circle with Sean Bonsoff. You can find out more information and register at piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. Again, that's at piper.asu.edu forward slash veterans. On Wednesday, October 27th from 6 p.m. Amsterdam time, Word Up Amsterdam will be hosting their Inspiration Factory writing workshop with Janice Erlbaum. You can find out more information at wordupamsterdam.com. Again, that's at wordupamsterdam.com. From 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Beyond Baroque Literary Arts will be hosting their poetry workshop with Joseph Rios. You can find out more information and register at beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore workshops html. Again, that's at beyondbaroque.org forward slash free underscore workshops html. On Thursday, October 28th, from 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Boston University Creative Writing Program will be hosting their Robert Lowell Memorial Poetry Readings with our past poet guests Aaron Casado kimora and Gail Mazur. You can find out more information and register at bu.edu forward slash creative writing forward slash calendar. Again, that's at bu.edu 
forward slash creative writing forward slash calendar. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nuijinan TV will be hosting their Nuijinan Scout Talent with CJ Gritz, which showcases indigenous youth between 13 and 25 via Instagram Live. You can find out more information and RSVP at Nuijinan TV. That's N W E J I N A N T V. Again, that's N W E J I N A N T V. From 7 to 9 Central Daylight Time, True R Speaks will be hosting their Reverb Open Mic Guest Emceed by Tish Jones. You can find out more information at truerspeaks.org forward slash events. Again, that's at truerspeaks.org forward slash events. From 8 to 10 p.m. Central Daylight Time, the South Dakota State Poetry Society will be hosting their Electronic Poetry Garden. You can find out more information at artssouthdakota.org forward slash event. Again, that's at artssouthdakota.org forward slash event. On Friday, October 29th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. British Time, Poetry LGBT will be hosting their Speak Your Truth writing workshop. You can find out more information by messaging the host Andrina Leanne via Instagram at survivor.andrina.leanne. Andrina is A-N-D-R-E-E-N-A. Leanne is L-E-E-A-N-N-E. From 7 p.m. West Africa time, Graciano and Warham and Nepal Flower will be hosting their Corona Versus Open Mic via Instagram Live at Graciano and Warham. That's G-R-A-C-I-A-N-O-E-N-W-E-R-E-M. Again, that's G-R-A-C-I-A-N-O-E-N-W-E-R-E-M. From 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, Lighthouse Writers Workshop will be hosting their virtual youth open mic emceed by Teresa Knowles. You can find out more information and register at lighthousewriters.org forward slash workshops. Again, that's at lighthousewriters.org forward slash workshops. From 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the F. Scott Fitzgerald Library Conference and the Writer Center will be hosting their readings in tribute to John Edgar Weidman with E. Ethelbert Miller, Hyoko Mori, and Morova Ijede. You can find out more information at writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. Again, that's writer.org forward slash reading hyphen events. From 7 to 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, the Arizona State University MFA program will be hosting their reading and conversation with ASU poets and fiction writers, featuring our past poet guests Julian De La Cruz, Matt Flores, Jules Hogan, and Steffi Sin. You can find out more information at shorturl.at forward slash kvjv9. Again, that's at shorturl.at forward slash kvjv9. The letters J and V are capitalized. On Saturday, October 30th, from 8 to 9.30 p.m. India Standard Time, our past poet guest Umesh Mohikar will be hosting his Let's Unmesh Life open mic. You can find out more information at Let's Unmesh Life on Instagram and Facebook. Again, that's at Let's Unmesh Life on Instagram and Facebook. From 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Brownstone Poets will be hosting their reading and open mic with our past poet guests Jeffrey Cottrell, Caroline M. DiGiovanni, and Ermitra Meter. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 271-308-901-517-483. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 271-308-901-517-483. On Sunday, October 31st, 
from 3 p.m. British time, Run Your Tongue will be hosting their spoken word open mic night. You can find out more information at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 5A1927796374 Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 5A1927796374 From 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Keep the Mic On will be hosting their weekly poetry event. You can find out more information at keepthemicon.com. Again, that's at keepthemicon.com. And now let us welcome our poet guest of the week, Sogo Sholaja. Hi, Sogo. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hey, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, so you brought with you your poem, Fantasy and Ecstasy. Before we get yeah. into the poem, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Chogo Sholaja Samuel. Samuel is my second name. My surname is Sholaja and my first name is Chogo. I'm a Nigerian, uh, West Africa. I engage in a lot of things. I'm, I'm a uh, cinematographer, I'm a graphic designer, I'm a poet. Great. Many of the poets I have interviewed previously also are involved in many different things, but I think you might be the first cinematographer. Okay. Well, I, I actually like to do hero kind of stuff. Also, I like to show nature and the like. Great. How did you start writing poetry? I've been writing for a long time, but I don't know what it is. What is actually what it was called actually? But I was my writing was inspired when I was in higher institution of learning. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the expo that gives speeches. My poetry kind of like evolved when I was um, doing my youth service. So you know, here in Nigeria, whenever you complete your um, higher institution of learning, you, you're going you're gonna dedicate a one-year period for service to your government. So, during those period, uh, I met a friend that actually inspired me. He was like doing a spoken word poetry. So, I was asking him that, what is he doing? So he was the one that inspired my poetry. Oh, okay. so that's when I actually learned how to do a lot of stuff. Okay, wow. But did you write poetry before that? Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's it poetry because I never know anything to be called poetry. Hmm. But I have I have a few writings. Okay. When did you start writing those? I have been writing those pieces um, since when I uh, gained my admission into the higher institution of learning. Okay. Is and I, I kind of like add uh, something here in my journal. Hmm, okay. When you say higher institution of learning, do you mean college? I mean um, university. University, okay. When you were talking about doing your first spoken word, do you remember what you wrote about? Yeah, I uh, I actually have that piece in my journal also right here. Oh, cool. It's about, um, I was actually inspired by the other partner that I told you that inspired me about the spoken word. Mm-hmm. Like, so we kind of like initialized this this kind of um, situation that uh, there are a lot of people that are being depressed out there and there are a lot of um, like um, suicide mm. out there also. Right. So we were inspired to, to kind of like write something about um, depression that mm. leads to suicide. So, yeah. just to encourage people not to commit suicide and uh, uh, to discourage that uh, committing suicide is not good and that's not a solution. Right. So, I would read it right now, I, I, but I only have my own part right here. Mm. So it is titled, There Will Always Be Somebody to Love You. Mm. 
I noticed that when you do your Instagram live, you tend to be very, very encouraging and you tend to read a number of positive poems. Is that something that you, you've decided to do because of your work trying to prevent suicide? No, not, not actually. But there, there was a colleague of mine that actually asked me a time like that, that have I been in that kind of situation before? But I told her no. But I kind of like think that that's the whole thing that my inspiration evolved around. Mm-hmm. So um, I tend to be in the position to help people a lot. And I, I am a kind of a person that listens mm-hmm. to people a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, listening to people's, uh, a lot of people's problems, you, you might, I, I always get inspiration from whatever I am being told. Mm-hmm. You know, so I try to write towards those things. Right. You know, probably to provide a solution to whatever the problem or the issue is that they are facing. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I think now is a good time for you to read your poem for us so we can talk about it. Okay. Fantasy and ecstasy. I'm too high to walk up on the hill. Just like the Egyptian gypsies, intention was to ruminate on the yesterday, and I got lost in the motion of reality. I am trying to fathom why, why I'm locked up. Locked up in the state penitentiary, all I could hear is save me, trying to condone a lot of fantasy to brighten up the iota of heresy. Feels like I am sinking. Feels like I am drowning. Suddenly, life gave me another chance. And that's the piece. Thank you. So, you're welcome. What, what inspired you to write this? The first thing that inspired me about writing this piece was that I don't usually drink alcohol, mm. but I do have a lot of friends around me that, that, that drinks uh, a little bit of alcohol. So whenever they, they are high, or then, then there was, there's a time that I used to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have them around me, I used to think, um, okay, how are they feeling when they are high? And um, I remember when I used to drink, I tried to remember how I used to feel. So that's mm-hmm. why I kind of like introduced the poem first by saying, I'm too high to walk up on the high. Mm-hmm. Just like the Egyptian gypsies. So Egyptian gypsies, you know, it's like a fiction. I'm trying to be fictional on, on that second line. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, the Egyptian gypsies is kind of like uh, something spiritual. Mm-hmm. So when you search about the gypsies, Egyptian gypsies uh, is, is something spiritual. And when they are going about the rit- their rituals, their movement is kind of like spiritual, like somebody that's drunk. Mm. I'm not as familiar with the term Egyptian gypsies. I don't know if you want to explain. The term is actually created by me. I didn't have the inspiration by from anyone. Okay. But I know there are gypsies. And gypsies are some kind of like spirit form, spiritual form. And um, I'm trying to, they have their own images in Egypt. So if you search on Google and type, type Egyptian gypsies, you, so you're going to see what I'm, what I'm uh, the picture of what I'm trying to talk about. So when the spiritual whole celebration is going on, they have their ways of moving, just like a, just like somebody that is drunk or something. So I'm trying to bring the first line to go in line with the second one. So intention was to ruminate on the yesterday. So the purpose of writing this third line was to, you know, talk about what actually drives people or probably what drives me to drink. Mm-hmm. 
some kind of uh, like alcohol on time. So the intention was to ruminate on the yes time. I just want to, you know, uh, think about the yes the the yes turn I used was the short form I was trying to play on words. Mm-hmm. So yes turn means yesterday. Okay. Okay, and I got lost in the motion of reality. So whenever uh, one is drunk and you're trying to ruminate on yesterday, definitely you are going to love to be lost in the moment. So you are not gonna be here. So it's like uh, taking a spiritual form while you are in your body, your physical form. The second verse, I'm trying to perform why. Why I'm locked up. Locked up in the state penitentiary and all I could hear is save me. So I'm trying to picture in the second verse what I am kind of like feeling when I'm in the motion of um, yesterday feelings. The mm-hmm. spiritual yesterday feelings. Mm-hmm. So, and um, the last verse in my piece uh, was um, I'm trying to say, trying to condone a lot of fantasy. So, all I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to fantasize about the moment. I'm trying to fantasize about probably when I'm drunk. I don't want to say people because I don't know what's going on in other people's head whenever they are drunk. So, let me put this as my own experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm trying to say, I try to condone a lot of fantasy. So, it's all a fantasy to brighten up the uh, iota of heresy. So, this second line means to brighten up the iota of heresy that in some part of the world and in some religion, drinking is an heresy. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm sinking. Feels like I'm drowning, but suddenly life gave me another chance. So I'm actually lost when I'm in the motion, when I'm in the spiritual form, taking the spiritual form by getting high. So I think um, I'm lost. So it kind of feels like I'm sinking, I'm, I'm going way too much. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like feels like I'm, I'm drowning. So you, you feel, uh, a lot of time I feel suffocated, a lot of time I feel, I feel like I'm drowning. But at the end, we've heard in some situations that a lot of people drink to stupor and they pass out. Right. And it eats to their death. Mm-hmm. So, during the time I used to drink, so mm-hmm. whenever I am back to my, back to my usual sense, I'm back to my normal form, I'm kind of like um, grateful for that, mm-hmm. that I am being given another chance. Mm-hmm. So that's the inspiration about this. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of looking back on when you were, on the days when you were drinking, and it feels like you're trying to show us what that experience was like. Exactly. exactly. Right, right. I found this interesting, uh, the second stanza where you were talking about I'm trying to fathom why why I'm locked up in this, up in this. yeah state penitentiary so I wasn't sure if this is uh, autobiographical information or this is just the feeling that you were getting when you were uh, drinking this is kind of like the feelings that I am getting when I'm drinking so you know at that time that I'm high it is not easy to get back to my usual sense until the alcohol is done in my body. But do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. So it's like the, the, the example is like a direct metaphor, mm-hmm. metaphorical, because I'm, I'm trying to compare it with, with the prison. You know, when right. you don't, when you. Uh, when a person is being sent to the prison, you know, um, you don't have a lot of freedom to do what you want as mm-hmm. a free man. So yeah. at that point in time, when I'm drunk, I don't have the opportunity to do what I want in my usual sense. So it's like I'm locked up, locked up in the state penitentiary. But all I could do when I'm in that situation is, you know, Save me. 
all I could hear. That's why I, I tried to picture that in the last line that all I could hear is save me. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that even though you don't drink anymore, is the fact that some of your friends still drink that made you decide to write this poem. Is that right? Yes, exactly. That's right. Okay. I know there are both Muslims and Christians in Nigeria. Christians. So, exactly. So it depends on your religion sometimes. Uh, I know some Muslims who actually drink. So um, even though the... the no, re- there's a lot of Christians that do drink. Yeah. So, yes, it's, it's just my picture. Yeah, so it's not unusual to be around people who drink. So I was wondering if there was a particular incident that made you decide to write this poem. Yeah, I have a couple of friends, you know, that usually drink. Mm-hmm. So there, there's this one day that a friend of mine kind of like, you know, drink too much. Mm-hmm. So the extent that he passed out. Mm. So we kind of like had to walk him to the hospital. Oh, wow. And um, he had a seizure. So everything just closed up. So I was a little bit scared. Right. So I, I just, you know, I got the inspiration right there. Okay. Wow. So it actually gave him a seizure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really terrible. Uh, hopefully he's okay now. No, it's been years. It's absolutely fine now okay good good that's good to hear yeah so i guess it must have been very nerve-wracking for you to be there to wonder if your friend is safe yeah exactly i was scared mm. yeah i was i was scared to death you know right. i was beside him while the thing you know took place right right and i i, I couldn't do anything and all we had to do, you know, is just try to rush him to the hospital. Right. And um, thank God, it's okay. It's okay now. Yeah, yeah. It's very good that he's fine now. Does he still drink or, or not anymore? <laughs> I think he still drinks. Okay. <laughs> That's <was so> funny. <laughs> yeah. I think he, 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 he knows how to control now okay that's what i think that's good that's good so he now drinks in moderation exactly okay have you showed him your poem no 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 <laughs> i we have um, around me i have a few people that believe in you know writing and um, um, putting something in the paper mm-hmm. it's not like they are illiterate but you know, the major thing is um, here in Nigeria is the hustle and hustle, you know, just to live by the day mm. and to survive the day. Mm-hmm. So it's that, that's what I'll say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, even here in the U.S., uh, not everybody, Very, f- I would say uh, poets are minorities. It's not an everyday thing, but so sometimes... Yeah, we are we are still finding a way to, to the platform. Um, it's going to be a great industry in the nearest future because I see a wide change. You know, this corona period kind of like give people to write something about. And I have this kind of book that I'm proposing to write mm-hmm. by the grace of God this year. And um, it's titled, if, um, if I can go on with that, that's what I'm saying right now. Sure, sure. Because I think I'm a little bit off topic. So um, it's tied to the, um, uh, how to be immortal. How to be immortal. Okay. Yes. Wow. So I have taken probably a few step in, steps in, in writing that. And one of the few steps I've, I've, I've jotted down in my journal was uh, number one is you know, I take a note that death is absolutely inevitable. 
Mm-hmm. We all are going to take another factor. We all are going to die mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. So yeah. you may probably live long, but at the end of the journey, we are going to die. Yeah. But my first notion about life is that if you want to be immortal, you need to write. Mm. You need to put something in the paper. You know, if you kind of like check back through time, people yes. like Socrates, people like Plato, mm. they, they add their pen on papers. And so they, it's like they live longer. They, they are living for eternity. A lot mm. of people are still studying this individual. Mm. Mm. So, and when you go back in the, in the ancient times, you kind of like um, know that libraries are, are treasures. Yeah. There are things to treasure. And there are a lot of things that are being put in the library because there are a lot of people, there are a lot of researches, there are a lot of things that are being put to paper, and there are a lot of things that are being done by, by a lot of great people. So they, they tend to put it in papers. And when you go back in time, during this the era of kingship, you know, the, the kings used to have a book, probably a book, to write their achievements, mm. to put their achievements. So I believe that when you write and your name is on that writing, that means like whenever, when you leave this world and take another form, you are still going to be here and leave longer than you could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah, you definitely and, and, leave a part of yourself behind. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to, to you know, get that. And the second thing that I've actually put to paper is that, you know, if you want to leave, if you want to immortalize yourself or immortalize your name, you need to go do good to people. You need to make mark on people's life. You mm-hmm. need to make mark on the world you are living in. Mm-hmm. You need to make mark on each and every individual you, you, you get to meet day mm-hmm. by day. So when you leave a mark in people's heart, you tend to live forever in people's heart. Mm. One of the a good examples that I can say about that is probably... Jesus Christ, mm. you know, he, he actually did a lot of a lot of wonders, uh, a lot of miracles. Let's just leave the fact that trying to bring people to the to salvation and you know the whole religious thing. I don't mm. want to digress into that too much mm-hmm. because of you know the platform right now. But what I'm trying to say is that when you do good to people, when you leave a mark to people, you tend to live forever. Mm. Your name will actually and absolutely live forever and for long. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, it's funny you say that because um, cause you are in West Africa. Uh, Nigeria is exactly. in West Africa. And I, I went to via Zoom, I went to listen to a uh, Eritrean poet who now lives okay. in Italy. And she's, she also okay. says the same thing. She talks about how in Eritrean, which is an East African country, okay. that in their culture, they say that there are two ways to become immortal. One way is to have children. The other way is through doing good for others. So so it's interesting that you, you also say the same thing. And I think certainly the effect of, of doing something good for others, this good feeling that we all have, you can transmit that and, and it will have a transgenerational effect because if you live a good life, if you help other people live a good life, they can also help their children live a good life. So it's definitely something that you can pass down through the generations, like a, like an inheritance. Exactly. exactly. It's like sharing love. And that's the one little kind of system that people neglected 
because that's how the world can heal itself by sharing love, by giving up love. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly think we can be much better to one another and more caring for one another. It's one of the positives that I feel like that come out of the coronavirus pandemic is that we have been forced to reach past our immediate surroundings, physical surroundings. And I mean, and that's how I was able to meet you and to meet other people both in the U.S. and also in other countries around the world. So I'm, I am really grateful for that. Uh, uh, likewise, I'm also grateful. Yeah, yeah. So I sent you a poem that um, your poem, Fantasy and Ecstasy, made me think of. And it's called A Blurring, because it shares some of these fantasy elements in the poem as well. So I'm going to read that and we can talk about it. Okay. So again, it's called a blurring. Some days I just want to rest on my laurels and water my fantasy life. But time nags with its TikToks and helicopter blades shred the veil between dream and reality. I squeeze out the hummingbirds nesting in the soles of my feet and walk on splinter-infested ground for the reality check that Surgeon General warnings cannot solidify in the mind. Though plastic bags that wind into bicycles offer an easy ride from London town to Paris lunch, I let the stowaway fly live those reveries instead. Cracking the window just a smidge allowing escape this tiny embodiment of my soul that a contagion fails to trap. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That was, that, that was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and um, that was um, a great delivery. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. When I was reading, I tried to, you know, try to, uh, look for the meaning of some words in your work and um, I can actually perceive a lot of fantasy and a lot of uh, illusion and a lot of um, you know metaphor in your work but my first question is that uh, what inspired you, you know, to write this piece? Well I find inspiration in different places and I wrote this when I woke up after I woke up one day oh. And some of the elements that you see in the poem are actual dreams that I've had. I had before, like in the few nights before I wrote this poem. And because it was a morning poem and because I woke up from having a, a good day, like the previous day, I didn't really want to get up. <laughs> but I had some appointments. When I write poetry, usually... Uh, a line or two comes to me and then I start writing from there so because I didn't want to get up I was thinking oh I just want to stay in bed and just like enjoy the fact that I had a, a good day the day before and just do nothing but <laughs> but because I have to get up I decided to just write this particular poem okay that's a, that's a, um, great so um, why do you choose this title? Most of my titles come after I, read, I write the poem. So a blurring refers to the blurring of reality and dream, which is the state that I sort of was in when I wrote this poem. And you can, you can kind of read that as well, um, especially in the beginning of the poem, but also later as well, that... Yeah. You know, I you get the sense that the person who's talking just woke up or, or is being woken up. Um, okay, that is a fact, uh, 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 a beautiful title. Because um, it sounds like those kind of titles that, you know, that you watch in this movie <laughs> of glory, that's perfect. 
what I was saying before, which is I, I was kind of woken up, if I remember properly, because there were helicopters flying. Because this was, I don't know if you've been watching news about the U.S., but it was around, I forget when, I guess it was around May. So this is the time when, just after George Floyd was killed. Wow. And wow. the demonstrations were were really, really, uh, well, even now it's still happening, but at that time it was just pandemonium. It was insane. Nobody, you know, like people were so angry and rightly so uh, over what happened. And some of the local government governments really didn't know how to deal with this anger that people were showing. And so there, there was a lot of antagonism from both sides. And so the local governments have deployed helicopters because there, there were some rioting and looting going on. And, you know, uh, things were being burned and, and such. So, so nobody knew what was happening. And it was very, very chaotic. Even though, you know, I, in my personal life, I had a good day, like the previous day, but I got woken up from both my own dreams, but, but also my own, like this little, nice little day that I had the previous day. So the blurring is also about the reality of what's going on in, in the larger world outside and also my own realities of what's happening in my own life. So the... Wow, I like that. Thank you. So the first stanza is very reality-based in many ways because is uh, I really did just want to stay in bed and do nothing and just enjoy the fact that I had a pretty nice day. But I had all these commitments, work, and things to do. So I was feeling like time was rushing me. And all these helicopters I was hearing around me bring the fact that there's something outside going on, a pandemonium, that I was trying to help in my own way, but it's still, I was not living in that reality. So it brings that to me. It reminds me of all the unfortunate horribleness that is going on in the world. Nigeria, but like uh, here in the U.S. on cigarette packets, we have the top surgeon of of the country is his or her title is called Surgeon General, so that's their official okay. title. And and yeah, we have it yeah, in Nigeria. So you have it right on um, cigarette packets. So it's a warning. It tells you that, but. Um, even though the warning is there, and I think it might be on alcohol as well. I, I don't know because I don't really drink. So, but I know it's not usually on. It's not usually on alcohol, but it says here on the cigarette packet here that um, um, smokers will die young. They used to write 
will our life will die young, you know, in a few years back. But now the right will die young. <laughs> People still kind of like smoke. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Because because people, you know, certain general warnings they put on cigarette packets, but it doesn't mean anything to people, right? Because people, when people go to smoke, they don't think about what's going to happen in ten years, and ten years is a very short time, actually. So the last two lines, it's talking about how even though sometimes you get warnings, maybe from your friends, maybe from your parents. Maybe from these、uh, warning labels,、um, but it means nothing to you. It really means nothing to you until something happens. So when I say I squeeze out the hummingbirds nesting in the soles of my feet, that again is literally a dream I had like a few nights before I wrote this poem. And to walk on splinter-infested ground also comes from a reality that some of some of the floor that I have is. Has splinters in it. It also has a semi-religious connotation to it, even though you know it, it brings to mind certain religious imagery, even though it's not really a religious poem in any way. But to yeah, yeah. yeah so so basically to again, it's going with this theme of trying to wake up from a dream. Uh, from from a wonderful whatever in you, your dream life, your personal dream life, and to go back and to be forced back into or force yourself even into the reality of what is going on in the world. Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. Well, we definitely have some tradition that 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 forbid smoking, also likewise、mm-hmm. uh, um drinking alcohol. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean,、yeah. it's it's similar to you know like what some governments do, right? To put warning labels because smoking is actually、uh, can lead to cancer and has been linked to cancer. And so, but again, people just because you put warnings and just because you try to tell people bad things that might happen, it doesn't mean they're going to listen. So for me, this stanza is also about what am I doing to give myself the reality check I need? Because sometimes, just hearing things is meaningless until you experience that horrible thing. Some of the horrible things in the world, it doesn't have a a, a real feeling to it. Okay, okay, that is absolutely beautiful.、Thank、you know, you. I am kind of like still, you know, trying to fathom this the third stanza because it is also a figure of speech being used, which is hyperbole. You know, you're trying to exaggerate. A statement, you know, that claims to be literally bigger than the, you know, immediate feelings.、Mm-hmm. So, how can you travel through a plastic bag that wind into a bicycle to offer an easy ride from London town to Paris? Love, you know, it is unrealistic. But I love that work. I love it. So, can you explain <laughs> more about that? Sure, sure. Just like the previous stanza, it's also it comes from another dream I had. So I was、wow. like, having a few nights、wow. where I had these. I, I, I think you have you have a few right there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really amazing. You know, you are a cinematographer, so you make dreams into films. So I was trying to write my dream into a poem. And these are several dreams that I I was having through a few nights before I wrote this poem, and again it's it's this starting out with the dream where I actually turn a plastic bag. I was just winding it, and then it became a bicycle, and then I was riding it. And instead of riding in London, I found myself. Just by riding riding onto a ramp, I found myself in Paris.、Um, so it was a, it was a really strange dream, and it was a wonderful dream as well because it it made me think of going on vacation. Okay. 
but you know, as I said, I I let those I let the stowaway fly live those revelries instead because they're not real. So again, I'm just I'm trying to get rid of the dream, get rid of the fantasies from my life, and just try to ground myself into reality. Wow, I love that. I love that. You know, what I would just say about that is that you know, in my next project, I I, I kind of like feel. And think that you know, writing in a paper is not enough for people to understand um, poems that people are putting thoughts out there. You know, we need to make them visualize it. So, in my next project, I'm kind of like you know, I want to make my poetry um, a little movie behind the my words and my voice will be going on. It's gonna be like a voiceover. But mm. there, there, there is going to be a movie that is, you know, trying to describe what I'm talking about. So people can have a full understanding about my work. I'm still trying to, you know, build up a project on that. Trying to save up money on cameras and, mm. and um, a lot of gears to do that. Mm. So um, that's by the <laughs> yeah, I was talking with another poet who's another filmmaker who was talking about possibility of making a film out of poems or use poems as inspiration for a film. So yeah, you guys should all get together and make a make a movie together. Definitely, I, I was so much love to work with anybody that is ready. Yeah, to be creative, you know. We are an artist, and there is one of my poems that says, "The beauty is not in the work of an artist, but the, but the time and commitment brings out the glamour." Yeah, Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah, exactly. I, I think when you are watching a movie and it's around what an hour and a half, two hours long. And you have no idea how much work it takes to make that happen. And the same thing with a poem. You know, both of our poems are pretty short, but there's a lot of incidents and happenings and all of these preparation work or, you know, intentional or unintentional preparation work that goes into the writing of a poem, just like the making of a yeah, film. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. About the last stanza, the cracking, cracking the window just is me allowing escape this tiny embodiment of my soul that a contagion fails to trap. You know, you kind of like end this poem just like I ended mine. After the old thing, I, I tried to say, trying to condone a lot of fantasy. To brighten the iota of heresy feels like I, I am sinking. Feels like I am drowning. And suddenly, life gave me another chance. So it's like, you know, after the whole scenario, after the whole thing, it's like life is still beautiful. Yeah. It's like life has a lot of things to offer to you. Than the immediate thing you are looking at, than the immediate thing you are seeing. So, above all, there is always positivity. There is positivity, positive, positivity in both uh, points. So, I yeah. love the ending part. So, if you, if you like to talk about that, you know, yeah. more light that, I'll, I'll talk. Sure, sure. I really appreciate that you, you link, you know, the hope that I end my. Uh, poem on with the hope that you also end your poem on and that's one of the things that um, you know like likely made me think of this my poem because they both have this fantasy element they both have this dreamlike element but they also both have some little depressive elements in it but then they both end yeah. on in hope and you know, even though even though in the third stanza I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to fantasize, I'm not going to spend my day fantasize. Instead, I'm going to let this fly that's in my place do the fantasizing for me. 
I'm also going to let this fly out, which is actually something out of reality because I actually did let a fly out. <laughs> and, and in a way is you're letting go of something that, you know, you're saying you don't want to kill the fantasy. You don't want to kill this creative part of you, right? What you want to do is just let it go somewhere, give it the freedom that maybe right now, because of the reality that you're living in, you don't have the time to entertain right now, but you're letting it go so that it could, it has the freedom to live and it has the freedom to explore in a way that we as human beings cannot right now because of this pandemic because I talk about the contagion. I, I refer to the coronavirus. So even though I am trapped in my home as probably you are, we are not as free as before to move around, but our- We live in the world whereby we have to do the nose mask is part of the, the daily things like food, clothing, our shelter, right. and the mask. You know, can you imagine that basic needs of life, mask, nose mask is, is being added to the basic needs of life. Right, right. And it's very claustrophobic, right? Because you don't feel free. You can't, sometimes it's harder yeah. to breathe. And so you do feel like the sense of restriction uh, and also uh, not feeling like you're comfortable going out because you don't know where you're going to contract the virus, you know, and everything. So you're taking your life into your own hands right now when you go outside. Um, at the same time, we still have our creativity, right? We still have our ability to create. Uh, and I think we're very lucky in that to have that ability to cre create. And um, we can let our creativity roam free, even if our physically, physically we're um, more constrained than before. You know, um, creativity, you know, left us together. You know, creativity travels miles and thousands of miles through, you know, around the world. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's absolutely good and awesome being, being a creative creator. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, I... That, that, that is absolutely a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, I feel very uh, lucky to still have this ability to still be able to write and to to write uh, my anxieties down and to channel that into poetry and for other people who can draw or who play music, who can create music. Um, I think we are very lucky that we have that expression in our hands uh, to yeah. be able to use. Yeah. So. And a um, few of these days, you know, with some poet I've met, met in my show, they kind of like view um, poet as a, as a preacher mm -hmm. or as somebody that, you know, a mediator between those that are able to, you know, let their words out and those that are not able to let their words out. So we stand, we kind of like stand a gap for people. So we are kind of like a preacher outspoken to, to allow people to listen to some, some people that are unable to let their voice out. So that, that is that absolutely a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. We're like, uh, I guess we're like messengers. Yeah. Yeah, mouthpieces for people who... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is that's absolutely good. That's good. I love your poem. I love your Thank you. Piece. Thank you. Great <laughs> Thank you. So, and I really appreciate you so explaining you. your poem to me. And, you know, I, I like the opportunity to listen to people's, the story behind people's poems, because I know how much it takes to write a poem. And yeah. it's also all, always fascinating and very revealing to find out why people write certain things um so so i really appreciate the talk so just um since we have to end our interview soon to wrap up i want to find out 
aside from the your own open mic on Wednesdays and Saturdays, do you also go to other virtual open mics? Yes, I definitely do. All these open mics uh, that I usually visit on IG, uh, the time difference is kind of like odd, but I still find time to you know, kind of like you know visit because uh, you know when you do things together, people will tend to you know, um, do the same for you. So yeah. I usually attend a lot of a lot of virtual open mic. Great. I Cool. Do you have anyone that you want to recommend? I have a couple of people, a lady and a man that I would love to recommend. They both live in the U.S. and they are absolutely a creator. So um, she doesn't have an open mic though, but she's a creative soul. Mm-hmm. She, she has the gifts of writing and her work and her piece is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. So I would love to recommend her. Mm-hmm. And also, I would love to recommend Mr. Weeks. Oh, he yes. Is absolutely a great poet. Mr. Weeks. Weeks, W I T C. Yeah, he was hosting a poetic threesome with two other poets. But I think they've stopped doing yeah. that now, which is a shame. I still kind of like see the flyer going around, so I, I tend to miss the day, um, the date or the time. I don't know if it's going on also. I don't know, but I'm sure it's still going on. Okay, I'll check again. Last person that I would also like to recommend right now, her name is also made a poetic soul, but there is miss in, in the front of the name, Miss Poetic Soul. You know, I recommended uh, Poetic Soul earlier, mm-hmm. but this one is Miss Poetic Soul. Okay, cool. And just so people can follow you, I know you're on Instagram, so are you on other social platforms as well? Yeah, I am on all the social uh, platforms. Um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. I think uh, those are the three platforms that I'm technically on right now. But okay. I, I post my work also on the, this platform, which I find to be great. Um, I create my content on, on, on the app. So I have Miraki. Do you know about that? No, I don't. You can actually meet a lot of great artists, a lot of poets on that platform from all over the world. Okay. So, so Miraki, Miraki is a good platform, and I also have um, Comapo. Okay. Well, I also have Comapo. So those are the platform I have my uh, I have myself on. So um, on on Twitter, my handle is. Shoxi and some. Okay. You can all follow on Shoxi and some, and on on Facebook you can also. Uh, my handle is also Shoxi and some, mm-hmm. but you can also search my name as Sholaja mm-hmm. Shogo Samuel. Okay. Sholaja Shogo Samuel, and on IG you can. Um, have my handle to be um, Ishola the Poet. Right, yeah. yeah. Ishola the Poet. Okay. I-S-H-O-L-A mm-hmm. underscore the underscore poet. Mm-hmm. So those are the platforms you can find me right now. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Um, what does Ishola mean yeah. anyway? Ishola means uh, a kind of like um, Okay, in my language, it is called Oriki. So, according to what I just searched, uh, apart from, you know, it, it, my mother used to use um, that appraisal for me. So, you know, I don't have it all in my head right now. So, <laughs> according to Yoruba historian Samuel Johnson, the Oriki is an attributive, descriptive of 
one that expresses what a child is or what he or she is hoped to become. If a male, it is always expressive of something heroic, brave, or strong. If female, it is time of enjoyment of of praise. So that is the short meaning of uh, origin. If you send it to me, I can put it in the episode notes so people can find out what it is. Okay. I'll definitely do that. Please, that would be wonderful. So thank you again, really, for your time and discussing your poem and discussing our poems together. I really, I really appreciated that. I am so delighted to do this today. Um, so, you know, I've been longing for it, actually. And so uh, thank God we are able to do it today. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.